Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. Very special show in store for you today. A special man and a special friend has flown in from Chicago to spend time with me today, and it's the great Joe Nego. Joe, top of the morning to you. Well, thank you. Good to be here. So for those of you who are long-term listeners to our program, you've heard Joe before. I shared a, an episode with my financial brain trust, and Joe and I, for 26 years, have not only been best friends, but we've been synergy partners on content, on creativity, but we also help each other out, uh, whether we synergize on our families. He has five children, I have six. I've been married for uh, 28 years. Joe, how long now, you and Jules? Um, since 95. 95, holy moly. If she'd have killed somebody, she'd have been out by now, right? No, no doubt. <laughs> but uh, we have been brainstorming back and forward for a long time. And if you've listened to Joe, you've heard him maybe give a presentation at our peak experience or one of our success tours, we replayed an episode of that. But today, I wanted to kind of allow you guys to listen in on conversations we've had that's part of our own philosophy on life and philosophy on success that we're entitling today The Giver's Guide to Greatness. Now, give you a little background on Joe. He's from the south side of Chicago, and you'll hear that in his accent. He grew up the son of a mason. He's the middle child of eight children. So I'm the son of a house painter from six, so I guess the masons have more kids, right? He and his brothers were high school basketball legends at an inner city school in Chicago called De La Salle. And actually, four of the brothers went on to play at Lewis University. And it was such a rare situation. Sports Illustrated did a whole in-depth story about them, and they had this phenomenal basketball career. In fact, Joe was drafted by the, he was the second pick of the Houston Rockets in the mid-80s to play in the NBA. Short NBA career, got out, got into real estate. And that's where Joe and I met. I was the big sales guy in Southern California. Joe was the big sales guy in Chicago. And to give you a little context, Joe sold over 2,500 homes in his career. And just so you can have a perspective on that, you know, the typical realtor sells about 10 homes a year. That would be like Joe has 250 years of experience of selling real estate. So just a lot of great wisdom and insight. We've been the best of friends for 26 years. I'm Uncle Buff to his kids. He's Uncle Joe to mine. We've often said we're brothers from different mothers. Actually, Joe's mom, his mom is Irish-American. His dad is Polish-American. And uh, his mom and my mom look like twin sisters. Right? It was kind of crazy, right. isn't yeah. it? And so we've been down the path a long time. And for those of you who've enjoyed content I've done or seminars I've done, Joe Nego has usually been involved in that. So for decades, Joe has been kind of a synergy partner for me on content, on creativity. We've written several books together, a lot of events. And so his fingerprints and his DNA is in a lot of the content that I've presented over the years, he's presented over the years, or has shown up in Buffini and Company. So it's kind of taken me a long time to get you in the studio here, pal. No, I know. I know. I've been looking forward to it. <laughs> I've had a long time to prepare, you could say. <laughs> well, this will be the first of uh, a number of different podcasts we're going to do together. But today I am going to ask you the five questions at the end that okay. I normally ask a guest. Yeah. So I'm going to treat you like a good okay. guest. The staff have been spoiling you and buying you food and doing all the stuff we do for all the celebrities, so hopefully you, <laughs> you feel like you've been treated that way today. But we're going to get into something that Joe and I have been talking about for 26 years. 
and it's a philosophy of business and life that has allowed us to be very, very successful, to grow up blue-collar kids and become economically successful, personally successful, and enjoy the work we do. And one of those philosophies we're going to cover today, and this is called the Giver's Guide to Greatness. We've had hundreds of conversations about these topics over the years, and Joe has been brainstorming on some thoughts and kind of put together 10 guidelines. And I thought it'd be super helpful. And in the Brian Buffini show, our mission is that the mindset, the motivation, and the methodologies of success. And we're going to touch on all three today, but we're going to have a special emphasis on the methodology. So these are going to be guidelines of how to think, how to approach, and things to do to be a giver, and ultimately the benefit of being a giver. I think a lot of people, Joe, think that when you're a giver, you set yourself up to be taken advantage of. That a lot of times in life, you've given to somebody and they didn't reciprocate. And I tell people all the time, that's just a badge of honor of being a giver, right? That's going to happen, Oh, no doubt, no doubt. But the ultimate goal and the ultimate payoff is enormous. It shows up in, in greatness. It shows up in economic greatness. It shows up in emotional greatness. It shows up in relational greatness. It shows up in greatness of heart and character. And so this, to me, is one of the source codes for living the good life, right? So... I want to dive in here, and there's a great book written a few years ago called Give and Take, and the definition in the book was, a taker was you help someone strategically when the benefits to you outweigh the personal cost. And a giver is you help somebody, whatever the benefits to others actually exceed the personal cost. We're going to talk about this a little bit. You know, you and I are, we're old school guys, we're old school entrepreneurs, we know nothing great happens without as someone who's able to promote and sell. And you've always made the case that the greatest salespeople are givers, not takers, which is very contrary to what most people think of when they think of a salesperson. Oh, no doubt about it. And I don't know where the myth perpetuates itself. It's through movies or TV or whatever it may be. But from my own personal experience, all across the world is the greatest leaders, the greatest influencers, the greatest salespeople are the greatest givers. Mm. I find that time and time again. It's the people that are giving the most get the most. Mm. You often hear the expression about a salesperson because people have different perceptions of what sales is about. I think a great salesperson is giving someone what they need, whether it's information or knowledge or a product, whatever it might be. But you'll often hear the phrase that, oh, he's such a good salesman, he can sell ice to an Eskimo. Mm. And the whole joke there is that the Eskimo doesn't need ice. He's surrounded by ice. But a great salesman can kind of talk his way into something and give someone something they don't need. And I say that's couldn't be further from the truth. Right. They're so persuasive, they can get people to do things they don't want to. So you're persuasive, you're manipulative, and you don't provide value. Exactly. Right? And that, that's actually the recipe of an anti-salesperson, mm. because I think you know people are smart, mm-hmm. and people you know, get a gut feel on, on other people, and when they deal with a salesperson, they're very in tune, and they look at that salesperson, whether they say it consciously or not, does that person care about me? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that at the different events. And I think that's being asked subconsciously or consciously. Mm-hmm. And, and there's an answer that's derived from that question. Well, I think it's going to be exciting for someone because I think a lot of people are givers. I think people like to be affirmed as givers. People like to think of themselves as givers. And I think it's also it's good for folks to know that the good guys can win. Oh, no you know? doubt. And that by no giving doubt. and actually being better at it, by being a better giver, 
you'll get a better result. By being a better giver, you'll not only have the fulfillment and the emotional connection to that, the spirit of giving, but you'll also reap the biggest reward because it's the law of the harvest, right? No doubt. It's like an investment as well. And, and, and oftentimes when you hear the word give, people's immediate thought goes, well, I got to give money or I got to give food or I got to give some material item in order for it to be classified as giving. Mm -hmm. That's a manifestation of someone who has a giving heart, but a greater gift you can give to another human being is not material. Right. Well, we got 10 of these not material gifts, which I think will be very exciting for people, and they're great guidelines. So let's go through it. I love this list. You put this together. So your first one is uh, give energy. So talk about the first guideline to be a great at giving is is uh, giving people energy you ever meet someone and when you meet them initially whether it's the first impression or you hang out with someone for a bit and you walk away and you go i just like that person Mm -hmm. there's something about them and i've come to my conclusion of interactions with so many people and i'll often talk with julie about this and i'll go i just really like that person and it's almost like i'm talking about their spirit Mm. And their spirit kind of manifests itself through the energy that they give. Are they bringing enthusiasm? Are they engaged? Do they have an interest? Is it present? And you see that with sales. The greatest salespeople give good energy. Mm -hmm. And energy is often given through body language, Mm. the way someone stands, the way someone approaches you. Lean into someone. Yeah, Yeah. or it's done with, you know, your voice. Mm -hmm. And we'll often see this in sales we'll see unbridled energy. It's just, it's just sloppy. Mm. It's all over the place. And, and energy doesn't have to be high voltage. It could be very calculated. Mm. It could be controlled. Mm-hmm. It could be someone speaking very directly and slowly or someone moving around and right. giving some energy. So A great example of that. I, it's funny. You just What came to my mind is I just watched on Netflix a movie about Mr. Rogers. I don't know if you've seen this but it's uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Mm -hmm. And I've watched this thing. I've watched it half a dozen times. Rarely have I watched a program and I go, I need to improve. I need to grow. I want to be more like this guy. He makes me want to be a better man, a better husband, better with my children, a better Christian. And I just kept watching. But one of the things that struck me about this guy was how he gave his energy in a quiet way. Mm. But he would sit down with kids and he would get down on their level. He would sit down on the floor with them. And uh, you would see him, he was dealing with kids that had serious handicaps and and he would give their energy and he would bring out all this in them and he would get so much out of these kids. And then the same guy that has this, you know, this, won't you be my neighbor, you know, this real soft and he's great with kids and he goes to Congress and Congress is about to cut him off and, and cancel PBS funding and this and the other and there's this crotchety guy that was a real hardcore guy that was heading the committee up. And the same energy that he gave in this quiet way to these kids, he gave to that senator. And I've never heard of this in the history of Washington. The guy in the hearing, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And, you know, he he was crusty with him. He's like, hey, you want to read that or do you want to, what are you going to do? And Mr. Rogers, no, you know, I don't want to take too much of your time. But he gave the guy the energy. The guy slaps the gavel down. All right, you're getting your funding. Wow. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be a screamer, but it does have to be you're conscious about giving your energy to someone else, and that's the greatest gift you can give someone in it's some regards. It's powerful. It's powerful. And when someone gives energy, it's attractive, mm. whether it's a buyer, a seller, someone who's coming along with you on your cause. When someone gives energy, they're kind of giving their way to success. Mm. 
The great Nelson Mandela said this, there can be no greater gift than that of giving one's time and energy to help others without expecting any in return. Nelson Mandela said it first, but Joe Nego did say it second. That's all, <laughs> all I right. know. Amen. Come on. Amen. Here's the second guideline. This is a neat one. Give a smile. That sounds like your mom gave that advice, uh, did she? She might have. She might have. <laughs> After she paid for uh, eight sets of braces with along with my father, she's going, we're going to get our money's worth. Smile every time you look at me. I tell that to my kids now. Very expensive. But, you know, you think about a smile. You know, it, it's contagious. When one human being yawns, you'll often look and you'll see another person yawn. And I don't know scientifically. There, I'm sure there's some explanation for that. But you see that when someone yawns, you'll see that when someone laughs, you hear one person laugh. It just makes you laugh mm -hmm. hearing another person laugh. But you'll see that with a smile as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at, at all the events, you and I, you know, after I get done making a presentation, I'll go back and I'll stand out and I'll go greet people. And many times people would like to take a picture with me so they can post on Facebook or Instagram or what have you. And one of my favorite parts of the event, just hanging out. And I'll position and someone says, well, can I take a picture? And they'll hand the phone to another person. And this happens not once in a while, yeah. not 50% of the time, mm -hmm. but every time when the taker of the picture kind of positions the phone and they look and making sure that the subject matters, me and the other person are in the frame, and see us smiling at the picture, lo and behold, they start smiling themselves, taking the picture, and they're on the other end of the camera. Yeah. Smiling is contagious. You know, you brought that up to me, and I had never noticed it before, and now it kind of makes me, I go from smiling to laughing. I kind of stand there, I take the photograph, and I see the person start smiling, and then it makes me laugh, because I'm like, <laughs> Nigo showed me this. Well, you know, a smile, mm -hmm. you know, it costs nothing but gives so much. Yeah. And it increases your face value at the end of the day. So I'm sure if we were to bring in some, you know, some psychiatrist or some psychologist or what have you, there have been studies done on smiles. And when one person gives another person a smile, it changes their physical and mental state. Mm. And you used to tell me this, you know, when I started presenting for the very first time, I was... I was so engaged and so excited and so want to make an impact that I became very serious on stage. Right. And you would always give me a little coaching saying, you know, lighten up, have some fun up there, smile. <laughs> and I noticed this, Bri, I'll just make a point and I'll start having some fun and I'll look at the audience and I'll smile. And you know what happens? They all smile as well. Right. Right. Smiling is powerful. Yeah. When I'm selling real estate, I'd walk into a house, no matter what the mood, I'll smile. I just, it's kind of right. who I am. And, and what, what most of us do is we react. We're the thermometer rather than the thermostat. Yeah. The thermostat sets the temperature, right? You go to the counter and the checkout person's having a bad day, and next thing, you adopt their facial expression. You got to lead with the smile. So it's, if you want to be great at it, you got to be a giver. My mother used to say, smile, life is short. Smile while you still have teeth. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Classic Therese Buffini. So the third guideline we have is uh, give the extra effort. Talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, effort. You know, effort in general. Extra effort is, you know, even better. But when you give effort, and I, and I think you can give effort in, you know, conversation. You can give effort in a greeting. You can give effort in your work. And here's what I know for a fact that when someone gives you effort, you realize it. And when they mail it in, you realize that as mm -hmm. well. I mean, mm -hmm. how many times have you gone to dinner and the server comes over and you could tell if they're there working to get a tip or they're there just putting in their time. Mm -hmm. 
And you could also tell the ones that are there because they genuinely enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And usually the ones that enjoy it, they give more right. and they get more. Right. They're in the hospitality business and food's the vehicle. Yeah, no doubt about it. And they enjoy what they do. So so give an example. Let's say if you're in a restaurant, what are you looking for for a waiter or waitress to show you well, the extra effort? Well, here's what happens. I'm real visual. Mm-hmm. I'm real vi- I like going into um, restaurants where they have pictures on the menu. So you <laughs> kind of see what you're, you're eating. Right? I'll often look in if it's a busy restaurant. I want to see what other people sure, are being okay. served. Yeah. And so, okay, is this what you're talking about? Yeah. So when you're reading, you know, the filet mignon with the yada, 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 well, you know, it's like, okay, I, I went to a restaurant last night in Encinitas, and I thought I was getting a garden salad. <laughs> And I, I, I got the garden, you know. I guess, uh, very, very rarely have I ever eaten a dish where I had to ask, like, what is this thing right here? Oh, uh, that's a, you know, whatever. I was like, it's oh, a as shrub. As, as long as it wasn't moving, I ate it. And I ate it for the experience, not for the taste. But, you know, many times you go in and someone will say, they'll really take it genuine. What do you have the taste for? Have you had anything on the menu before? You know, maybe they'll, they'll try to describe it a little bit more. And sometimes they'll say, well, why don't you choose the special or order the special because it's the same as this and you'll save $2. Right. You could just tell. Mm-hmm. You could just tell when someone approaches you, are they giving the effort? And I think that's a great gift you give to another human being. And it's not, not always in a business setting. It could be in an existing relationship, sure. selling real estate. When you, you give an effort, it's like you prepare. Mm-hmm. You know, you give an effort, you make the extra call. Mm-hmm. You give an effort, you do a follow-up with a personal note. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are all pieces that communicate effort that is spoken, but it's unspoken. Mm-hmm. People like to do business with givers, and you give your way to success by just giving effort. Mm-hmm. Well, Lou Holtz is a friend of ours, and we've been with him on many, many occasions, and he has a great quote. It says, it's the extra effort after you've done your best that creates victory. Mm. And I think sometimes it's that little bit extra that a lot of people don't, you know, they don't do the last 10 yards. Yeah. You know, they, they've done 98% right, but they don't get the 100% benefit. Mm. Just that little bit extra. The fourth guideline. So we've given energy, a smile, effort so far, not a lot of money is being spent. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to do something. We're going to give something expensive. And that's give time. Talk about that. You know, we often said, and you've talked about this at the events, you talk about in your house and as well as mine, that we spell love, not L-O-V-E, but T-I-M-E, right. time. Because where you invest your time is, is what you value. And I can speak about it from a business standpoint. Just in sales, I mean, this is a fast-paced business selling real estate. You know, there's cell phones and, you know, text messages and all, all this stuff. The world's going so fast. And when you connect and sit down with a buyer or a seller, I think when you give the gift of time, mm-hmm. it's one of the greatest gifts you can give to your client because you're just giving that time. And you could do that on an appointment. You could do that again when you make an extra effort and make a call. That's also communicating your time. You often talk about uh, writing a handwritten personal note. Right. Nothing costs less and has a bigger impact because the recipient of that personal note knows it takes your most valuable resource time Mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to be all your time no right not that either no but but it's interesting like you and i for 26 years right i'd say rarely have we ever gone a week without talking in 26 years and when we're working on a project we might talk multiple times a day but you come into town you regularly schedule trips to come into buffini and company and we'll spend two to three days brainstorming and so on and so forth 
and it just changes things, right? It's yeah. like, and it's not like we're on the phone all the time. We're, we see each other at events. We, we come in here. You got, you know, the raw salad down in Encinitas or whatever. We, we break bread <laughs> together. And it's just spending the time. It's where the magic is. And people say all the time, oh, I want to have quality time with my family. I'll be honest with you, and this, this won't please everybody listening. I have never had quality time with my family. It's in quantity of time quality experiences happen oh definitely but you have to spend a quantity of time for the quality to happen you want to be a great giver sometimes it takes like i say you write a personal note it takes a few seconds but you gave some of your time Mm. to someone and that's why it's so powerful so we're given energy we're given smile we're given effort given time that's a bigger sacrifice and that requires organization and time management and all that kind of stuff this next one i really like this one this is something that you kind of opened my eyes on this which is give a compliment. And I really want you to go into this a little bit because we're not talking about doing this for the sake of it in an unauthentic way, but there's a legitimate way that you can give energy to people through the vehicle of a compliment that's very authentic and very real. Interacting in this business, traveling all over the world, I find there's a lot of great people in the real estate business. Mm -hmm. I feel like selling real estate on the south side of Chicago. They're just wonderful people. And I see interactions where one person will give another person a compliment because they want to do good and they want to say something nice. And sometimes, sometimes I feel that those compliments fall a little short mm-hmm. or maybe they're a little flat and they don't truly have the impact or express the person's emotion as good as it could be. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of learned over the years of how to give a genuine, authentic, heartfelt compliment that really connects me to another person. Mm. So I put a little system to it. Mm. And, and it was, <laughs> that's what we do, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what we do. There's three steps to giving a compliment. The first step would be, of course, give the compliment. Mm-hmm. So you give the compliment. The second step would be to tell the person why. Mm. And then the third step would be to ask a question about the compliment you just gave. Mm. So for example, if I was going to give you a compliment right now, I would say something along the lines of, I really like your glasses. Hmm. The color of your glasses really bring out the highlights in your hair. And then the, <laughs> did that seem authentic or not? Not, not really. By <laughs> the way, I, I just heard. want the record. No, no, I wasn't for the record. So here, here's why this is not good. He bought me these glasses, okay? So he's giving himself a compliment. Uh, let, let, Come on, try again. Let, let me try. Let it's me, hard for him to give me compliments. Uh, let, let me just say when I go into a house. Yeah, okay, uh, let, good. Just, Think about someone I, I, you actually I, care about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried. No, but let, I was trying to make it real. <laughs> just say, for example, I go into someone's home and I walk in and just they have some unique window treatments okay. put up. And I might say, well, I really like the window treatments. They're unique. I like them. And here's the reason why. Because they let the appropriate amount of light in. Mm-hmm. And then I ask a question. Did you make those window treatments yourself? Or did you have a designer put that together? Mm-hmm. Another example, walk into a house and just say the floor plan is real open, which mm-hmm. is something real common nowadays. I'd walk in and go... I love your open floor plan. Mm-hmm. I like it because it seems like a nice place to live. Mm-hmm. There's a flow to it that's real natural. Did the architect design this or did you have input in it? Mm-hmm. And what you'll see is people answer those questions. It's real authentic on right. my end. It, it makes that much nicer as opposed to nice window treatments. Mm-hmm. I like the flow. Okay, yeah. well, 
you're, you're liking a lot of things on the house because right. you, you might feel like you were trying to win someone or over. Or someone's just trying to be a phony. So Mark Twain said, I can live for two months on a good compliment. That's how important it is. Unfortunately, I didn't get my compliment here today, so I have to wait two more months <laughs> to get one from Nigo. I'll work on one for <laughs> yeah, you later. You have to work you're it You're doing up. a wonderful job on this podcast, by the way. It's real natural. Why? You, you have a wonderful guest. Do you do this on a, on a regular basis, or is this just a God-given talent? <laughs> Very nice. All right, so we're cranking here. We've got given good energy. We're given a smile. We're given effort. We're given a, a little piece of our time. We're given an authentic, genuine compliment. And I love the fact that you have a little three-part rhythm to that. Now we're going to give something that's... This is the hardest thing, I think, in all the 10 guidelines. At least it is for me. Irish, Italian, like nitro and glycerin in the same body. Give patience. Talk to me about that. Oh, we live in a world that moves so fast nowadays. If that's one thing I can tell you about technology, it's made life fast. Mm. I don't even need to go into it. Right. You know, texting, email, anyone can get a hold of you at News, any time. Yeah, media. it life is fast. And I, I think what happens is we have an expectation. I think people are losing their patience mm. because what starts happening is we start gobbling up and consuming this technology is almost like what's next uh, you know i fly all over the world and just recently i was on an airplane and you, you think about uh, every time the airplane i'm on takes off i am amazed all these people flying across the country in this basically you know metal mailing tube yeah right, right? all the, it's just a fascinating going up you know, 30,000, 35,000 feet in the air, getting wherever you want, getting from right. Chicago and San Diego in four hours. Mm -hmm. How amazing. What phenomenal technology. Right. And then on the airplane, I pull out my computer and I go, what? You know, computers are fascinating. You think about the evolution of a computer and it's just, it's amazing. And then now we have Wi-Fi so you can connect to the internet on your computer while flying while flying it's like <laughs> you know getting somewhere in four it's just that is mind-boggling right, right and you know not too long ago i'm on the airplane and i wound up trying to get some work done so i got onto the internet and i'm trying to and, and then we're going over the rockies kind of bouncing around and i lose my internet connection and well, what happens to me i get upset yeah I get upset. What's <laughs> well, going on? You know, I forget about the fascination of flying, and the computer's <laughs> like, oh, my goodness, what's happening here? So I think I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. I, I think people get upset with the microwave and it's fast enough, or the, you know, they, they get on their phone and it doesn't download fast enough, mm -hmm. or they lose their connection on their phone, whatever it might be. And here's my point. I think technology has created an immediate response expectation. And... You do this with your computer, you do it with your cell phone, and you know what happens? I think it spills over into relationship. Mm. And now people are less patient with others, whether it's someone you work with, someone you live with, someone you love. I just feel like the greatest gift you can give to another person is patience. It's funny. Uh, you're systematic even when you're not being systematic. You said immediate response expectation. That stands for ire, right? And And that's rubbing someone the wrong way. And I think relationally we're in a situation today where we have quick to judge quick to mm. make decisions you know one soundbite is that guy's at this that gal's at that this is this this is that and so the bottom line we're in a business where we teach people how to work with other people if you're not in a high-tech artificial intelligence you know disruptive technology world 
if you're in a service business or you're dealing with people a lot, you better learn how to not only grow in the area of patience, but become an expert in it. Mm, yes. And because the world is changing. And when I watched Mr. Rogers, and I know I keep going back to this, because it's been a while since I just went, wow. I just, the patience exudes from this man. You know, every wedding I've ever been to, at some point in time, a pastor or someone will do a reading from 1 Corinthians 13. It's at everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's, sorry, love is patient. Love is kind. And it's all the things that a, a couple should be towards each other. And I tell people all the time, I don't need the whole verse. I'm 28 years, and I get the first one. Love is patient. I, I am trying to get a passing grade at the first one. Because I feel like if I'm patient, I'll be kind. Yeah. You know, if I'm patient, I'll be all the other attributes. But I go, time out. I had this pastor, and he was consulting with me, and he had all these phenomenal different theories and theologies he was working through and bringing his congregation through. And I go, I'd love you to talk on love is patient. Yeah. And Well, that's really basic stuff. I go, not for me, it's not. And not for most people I know. And so I think when you're being patient, you're expressing love. And I think, you know, you can do it with a customer. You can do it with a neighbor. You can do it with a family member, as a parent, as a spouse, as a coach, colleague, in whatever capacity, right? And if you want to be a great giver, you're given to people. Yeah. right. It's, it's easy to give to a dog. You know, it's, yeah. it's one thing to give to a shelter. It's, you know, in many ways, writing the check is the simplest thing in the oh, world to definitely. do. You know, and, and none of these things have been that. So the great anonymous quote said, patience is not just the ability to wait, but the ability to keep a good attitude while waiting. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. We're going to keep cooking on because I think, I'll be honest with you, I'm sitting here going, we're going to get a lot of feedback. And I would encourage you, send us your emails, send us your messages. Send us when you come to your reviews of this podcast. If you go through any of these 10 guidelines and you'd like a deeper cut and more of any of these 10, let us know. We'll we'll take a deeper cut. We'll go further again. Maybe the insiders. We'll do some more work with them. So I'd love to talk all day about patience. I'm David Lally, the producer of the show, and I'm interrupting because I knew there was no way these two were going to fit all this great content into one episode. So we've chopped it into two, and I think part two will really light you up. So tune in next week to get the last four points of the Giver's Guide to Greatness and what might be the most unique responses yet to the rapid-fire questions. And as I leave you here today, I'll hand you over to Brian's mum, Therese, for a little Irish blessing. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.